This is exactly right. Kurt. You got one for me? I have a story for you. And here it goes. Just like this. Um, Man dies after downing vodka with pals and wakes up in morgue and returns to the party. (laughs) Yeah, that's bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas. That is Scotty Landis. That's Kurt, Curtie B. Brownoller. Uh, hey. we, we got some strange news for you today, but we also have a very exciting guest. You might yes, we know do. her from Orange is the New Black or Between Two Ferns, the movie, or from her podcast, Freedom, or her hundreds of appearances on Comedy Bang Bang. She has a character special on Netflix. Dear She's Lord. the new movie the on Netflix, The Wrong Missy. Please welcome the amazingly wonderful Lauren Lapkus. Hi. Woo. <laughs> yes. Woo. Woo! We're here. We're doing it. We're into We're it. We're doing it. We're zooming, guys. We are zooming right along, and everything is normal. <laughs> it's cool to meet somebody for the first time over Zoom. Um, all I know about you is that you can sit down, you own a piece of furniture, and that's it. And a microphone. And that's honestly all you need. I know yes. that you have a door and yes. a light. Yeah, I have a door and a light. That's, it's been a rough year. <laughs> that's pretty much all of scotty's apartment too or house yeah it is and that's it's, the whole of it that's the <laughs> whole shebang i sleep on the floor right where my feet are <laughs> i love that yeah do you oh. want to hear about this party animal guys i do okay great Please. so uh this was sent in by trash and burn underscore thank you so much um this was written by John Shamus. Man dies after downing vodka with pals and then wakes up in a morgue and returns to the party. So after returning to the party, the man saw his friends were still drinking, but this time it was a tribute to his memory. So here's, I mean... What country uh, is this? Because it sounds uh, like Russia. How fast did they decide to start mourning him? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he died immediately to the like, morgue. Right, next one's to him in his honor, and let's keep going. Um... <laughs> That's right. Uh, So a man who died after downing shots of vodka with his friends was taken to the morgue before waking up in the freezer. He had a, quote, miraculous awakening after parting too hard with pals who then called an ambulance uh, to the property in, it looks like, Kasanki in Russia, Kurt. It was in Russia. Wow. You just guessed that? Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. Well, the vodka, is that what gave it away? The vodka and also the speed with which you would... Yeah call just have a dead friend cart it just off call it and just move on and yeah. continue with your life <laughs> yeah no big deal um so this guy um that night at the local morgue it was filled to capacity already exciting town the bodies were not only on shelves but also on the floor in the freezer room our quote dead hero was put there he woke up in a freezer before stumbling his way out of it towards the shocked staff he added <laughs> At some point, the man woke up, failing to understand where he was. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, 
and it was very dark and cold. In addition, his brain was foggy due to the influence of alcohol. You know when you drink until you die, you're a little foggy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Um, in the darkness, he felt someone's completely cold limbs, and in fear, rushed to... So he felt another dead body and then rushes to the door. Uh, police in the ro- remote area, which is populated by 35,000 uh, people... Uh, question the man before letting him go seems surprisingly 35,000 people and 10,000 bears. That's what <laughs> yeah. they don't mention. <laughs> oh, gosh. When he returned to the same party, because why wouldn't you just go home or to the hospital uh, or to 7 Eleven and get a Gatorade? He returned I, to the. By the way, I've been picturing him naked this whole time, which yeah. isn't the case. Right? But I, Wait, I guess I. Could well, be. wouldn't he be good? Maybe if they tossed him in the morgue. It's yeah, like they would you... take his clothes off. Right? Well, that's Russia still. Yeah. Who, knows? Who knows? They might have put like a funny jacket on him. Um, Wait, what is this published in? Because this is very, I'm getting, I, I want some medical explanation. Do you know it, what I mean? It was in, um, I actually have to look up the source, but it was a lot of different sources. I, I tried to. Oh, you did? Pe- you looked yeah. around. Yeah, it's real. Right. This shit's right. real. Uh, he returned the party, seeing his pals were still drinking, but this time in his memory. Uh, but they, the shocked friend switched from a memorial uh, and tra- uh, transformed the party into a rebirthday party. So, you know what would have been great what? is if he, him showing up surprised them so much one of them had a heart attack and actually died. <laughs> yeah. And then they put him in the freezer and just waited for him to run out, but he never did. <laughs> and they just keep partying like, he's coming back. It's going to happen. Come on, Yuri. We're believing in you. <laughs> Um, this guy, I mean, we've all, well, I'd say that, Lauren, do you drink alcohol? Have you had vodka in your life? I've had it. I, I don't drink a lot, um, but I have had a couple moments in my life when I was younger where I got really drunk and, you know, I really only needed like a couple of those though to like pull back and not have that be a regular occurrence. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just really hate throwing up, and I hate um, yes. feeling like shit. So yes. it's enough to stop me from wanting to drink. Um, <laughs> yes. But I did. I did get really drunk when I was like twenty one um, on like red wine. Mm-hmm. It was truly just hanging out Ugh. with a friend, and we just kept drinking and drinking Ugh. because it was fun. And then we went to do an improv show. Or there I it to, is. And I, well, yeah, there you go. Ooh. And I went to watch the show. I was sitting in the audience, so there were four people there, I think. And I started getting belligerent, and my <laughs> friend um, <laughs> put me in a Wait. taxi. During the show, were you talking it, back? Yes, I was talking what? to my friend uh. who I was sitting next to, and then he was like, you need to stop talking. And I was like, shut up, which I would never say. And then he put me in a taxi, and I almost threw up in the taxi. I was supposed to go two blocks to my house. The taxi Piece was... Piece of cake. The, the theater was really close to my house. Was this UCB in New York City? No, this was in Chicago, and this no, was Chicago. the Playground Theater. The Playground. Mm-hmm. And I lived like two blocks away from there, but there were a lot of one-way streets, so the taxi had to go kind of far to get to my place, even though sure. it wasn't very far. Right. And I almost threw up, and he kicked me out halfway there. Oh, yeah. Because I was going to throw up. And then I walked home. I don't really remember any of it. And then I got home... And I was throwing up a lot to the point where I hit my head on my toilet. Oh, oh no! And wow! And had a bruise along the side of my face. Classic. <laughs> and I fell asleep in the bathroom, not from hitting my head. I don't think it was like a concussion, but it was just like not good. And I had barf all over myself and 
other oh. stuff. And then um, <laughs> that's my, maybe the reason you got into the bathtub to sleep. No, I didn't get in the tub. I fell asleep on the floor. Oh, on the floor. I see. And then I found myself in bed um, the next morning with barf in my hair. Nice. And my, my roommate had been there, but she had used the different bathroom that night. So she didn't know that I was on the floor. So it was truly very dangerous. And when I, I got through all that. I was like, I can't do that. That was really bad. And yeah. then it really also made me hate Thai food for a long time because that's what I'd eat. Oh, no. Mm, great base, my though. Pad Thai is my, a great base. Yeah, my yeah. takeaway from that whole story is that 21-year-old with two bathrooms, guys. This is mm. Chicago living. This is a Chicago apartment. It was $1,534 a month, I believe. And it was huge. And there were three bedrooms, two living rooms, two bathrooms, a kitchen, and a deck. We had parties all the time. It was the best. What? Oh, was it one of those Chicago ones with like the deck and then it has like the crisscrossy stuff over it? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. The lattice? Yes. yes. The we lattice. didn't have the lattice. Like the window, it was basically open, mm. but there was some lattice, I guess. But we would have big parties with um, every improviser in town could come. It was just a free for all mm. and it was That's a fun. great time. Yeah. Yeah. I well, know a lot know? of people ask for comedy advice uh, right off the bat, and people are like, do you have to do New York or L.A.? And I always, I never lived in Chicago, and I regret it so much. I wish right out of college I'd done two years in Chicago, and just, there's so many talented people, It, but, like, the quality of life seems better, and yeah. I do wish I had, like, gone there first and then jumped to New York. Yeah, it was great. I'm from Evanston, which is right outside of Chicago. Oh, sure. So oh, yeah. That. I stuck around for college and did the whole improv thing there, and it was the best. I really was, I'm so grateful that I got to live there. I loved it. That's awesome. That's so I would good. Go. I would Kurt, go. you got one for us, buddy. I do have. I do have one for you. You're so guys. good at this, this show. An, this is less funny and more amazing. Oh, good. <sighs> this is. I don't even. There's not really a title. Well, I guess this is a title. This is a title from, and I, I don't recall who sent this in. Someone sent this to me it happens. Uh, on Instagram, and I apologize, but I lost your name. So please, I'll give you credit if you go on the Instagram and let me know. Uh, pictures, colon, mm-hmm. shocking moment, British Airways pilot was sucked out of a plane window during flight. Oh. So now this photograph, now wait. I'm I'm wrong. This photograph is very funny. Uh, <laughs> but the story is more fascinating. This photograph, and I will post it on the Instagram so you guys can see it, is of a man flying a, a commercial airline. Sure. And then another man, like the co-pilot, reaching with his arms and okay. just holding on to the ankles of another pilot who is outside of the plane. And then the now, crazy- is this a stock photo or is this the picture of what happened? <laughs> it's a picture of what happened from oh my cameras God. inside. It's insane. It's insane. So I remember what- And this. then they have a photograph from the outside of a man just laying with his only his knees and legs are inside the pot inside the fucking cockpit and his whole body is out like plastered against the thing. I remember this story. And you do. I it was, was, from the, it was like 20 years ago. Yeah, and I was in whatever grade, and the, our science teacher was telling us, <laughs> told us about the story, and he said that you could technically land uh, without a parachute if you angled your body correctly, and that you could fall out of a plane. And uh, to this no. day, I know that can't be true, but that to can, this how day, you, how can you angle yourself when you're falling from the sky? <laughs> yeah, I'm just be <laughs> flailing around like a tube guy. 
going to point my toes, and my toes are going to take all the brunt of the impact. (laughs) Yes. And also, all of us base what we think skydiving, just off of movies and TV, too. Like, all of us would just desperately, we think we can, like, arch our body and, like, curl our hand. No, you would just flail and then splat. That's pretty much how it would happen. I would have a heart attack uh, halfway down. Yes. I'd be dead far before I hit the ground. Oh, as soon as I Oh my god, I'm looking the at the picture and it's insane. It's insane. You guys oh. have to go to the Instagram to look at this photograph. Kurt, I found it. This was sent in by Reed Miller. Thank you, Reed Miller. Reed Miller. So, the story is, I read uh, the <laughs> Wikipedia, I read this article on express.co.uk. Oh, yeah. Um, it's your favorite news site? I'm always <laughs> like there. Kara Godfrey. But um so, the the window had been installed 72 hours before the flight and they used like it, it's usually like 90 screws and they used 72 of the screws were the wrong size so as soon as they hit 17 <laughs> like that, a lot of mistakes <laughs> over and over and over using the wrong screw and at 17,000 feet is when the pressure inside the plane oh my god burst the 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 window out and so they had already unhooked their, you know, stuff because they like once you take off, I guess p- pilots are just like, who gives a shit? Like flip yeah. it on. They just unbuckle themselves. And he flew immediately out, but his legs got caught on. Oh, the, my gosh. On the steering wheel. Oh, my God. Whatever. He would have just been dead. That's crazy. Yeah. Or according so to my science teacher, be, just I don't made know where it's going. Yeah, <laughs> right. <a> smooth landing. <laughs> according to my science teacher, he would just cruise and just, you know. <laughs> Feet first, right across a river. <laughs> so his legs catch the steering wheel, but that means that the plane gets the 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 steering the thing gets pulled forward, which means it goes into a dive. Nice, and also accelerates. So they start nice. accelerating into a dive, and he and, and he's out of the window. <laughs> like imagine, like like one of the guys at um the well, the inflatable guys, yeah, the fan guys, the car wash, Two, yeah. yeah. He's Two doing dudes. that. Then they have uh, a so the co-pilot is holding on to his legs. Some flight attendants get his legs unhooked from the control thing, whatever that stick joystick. I don't know joystick. I love it. They get it under control. They assume that he's dead because he's just flapping around out there. Yeah, mm. It's over. Uh, the 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 co-pilot who's holding him he starts getting frostbite. Uh, so he Whoa. has to give him over. Then flight attendants Whoa. are holding the co- pilot there. They're assuming that he's dead, oh but they don't want to let God. go of him because they're worried that the body would go into the engine and sure. cause an engine failure. I've seen it. That's selfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then they land, and the guy is fine. He had a broken arm, and he had frostbite, and that was it. He I totally went oh. in his head. Oh my god, he must have been freaking out. <laughs> but also, he's like a lifelong pilot. Like now, he got a different perspective than he's had for ten thousand hours of doing this, where he just actually got to see the runway coming up. He got to feel the wind <laughs> in his face and his hair. Wow, <laughs> so amazing that, that yeah, and is, everyone's totally fine. Everyone lived. It is like That's one of the adult ending. fears. Sorry, Laura. Yeah. Oh, no, no, please. Oh, being shot out a window? Yeah, I'm scared of that. No, like everybody's cool on planes. Like some people have fear of planes, but then when you're on it and you fly enough, you just kind of forget. But then when that kind of like when turbulence hits like that or you hear something or see something, you suddenly get very serious very quick, like the fastest. Yeah. I think. Um, if you were sitting on that flight and it just started taking a nosedive, I think yes. those people must have like serious PTSD from that oh, experience. Oh, yeah, right? Exactly. 
Totally. And I, you, I remember are, for some reason in high school, someone, it was a teacher. It was a teacher who told me about see? some they're Native lying. American tribe, and I don't remember which it is, where they're like, before they would go out into battle, they would always say, like, today is a good day to die. And for some reason, that, like, piece of information got, like, stuck in, like, the back of my brain so, so that every time I flew... <laughs> I would just like get on the plane and say, today is a good day. <laughs> wow. It just like was a thing stuck. And I really meant it like to like get myself at peace with like whatever happens. I used to have that a little bit where I would fly and I'd be like, it's fine if I die. And then I think looking back, maybe I was depressed. <laughs> oh, you were just sad. <laughs> <laughs> like I was always like meaning it in a good way. Like I've had interesting experiences and it's been yes. a cool time and whatever. But like I think now I don't really feel that way. And I think maybe I have more, um, you know, joy. You want to live <laughs> from my core. Yeah. More to live for. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like since I had kids, that's what it's been where it's just like, I, before I'd be like, yeah, okay. If we if it's going to happen today, it happens. But now I'm just like, ah, no, I gotta, I gotta come back. <laughs> Someone needs you. Yeah, I was on um, the first time I ever got bumped up to first class ever. I remember it was an overnight flight, and everybody else is falling asleep, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to enjoy all of this. Like, I'm going to eat the foods, I'm going to drink the drinks, I'm going to watch the movies. It went from me like being coach to suddenly they were like sir would you like champagne and i'm like yes i would and they're like do you want a new york times i'm like you better believe it i haven't read it in five years but tonight's the <laughs> night and then i started this was probably <clears throat> I love 10, or, story. 10 or 15 years ago and i'm at the front of the plane and i started to have this feeling of like well i guess i'm at the front of the plane so if anybody does anything i have to do something uh, like it's up to the front of the plane to stop somebody from charging the cockpit. So lights are I off. Love that ex- that's your thought. Like you're just drunk up in front first class, being like, yes. "I'm the first line of defense." But and that is coach mentality. <laughs> yes, that is coach being brought into first mentality because there's nobody in first who's in first who's like thinking, "I'm going to protect everyone in this plane." They're just sleeping and farting under their blanket. That's right. It's Me like- and Mark Wahlberg are the two people in the world that think we can prevent <laughs> air- airplane accidents. So. <laughs> so I'm up there, and then it's everybody's lights are out, everybody's asleep because they're used to it. I'm watching TV, my reading lights on. I'm having the time of my life, but then I have that thought. And about 15 minutes later, dark plane, probably like 2 a.m., I just hear yelling. I just hear ah 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 behind me, and I'm like, here we go. And so like I like grab my belt and I turn to my right, and one of the flight attendants going to do. Uh, I was going to un- oh my seatbelt. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I grabbed my studded belt with... <laughs> I'm going to whip them. <laughs> I'd be, yeah, I was watching Crystal Skull, and I knew what I had to do. Uh, so I like turn, and I'm like, oh my God, I actually am going to have to do this. The flight attendant from the front of the plane dashes back, and there's this very large man seated like two rows behind me screaming. And she runs up to him, and she shakes him. She's like, sir, 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 I think you're having a nightmare. And he pops awake and stops screaming. Um, and she's like, sir, I think you were having a nightmare. And he's just nodding, and he's looking around, totally lost in his nightmare. And she goes, sir, would you like a banana? And, and he goes, yes. And then she brings him a banana and a bottle of water, and that was it. The whole thing escalated. Everybody wakes up. She offered him a banana. So if we have flight attendant bananas listening... Is this normal? Is it like a potassium thing? Does it prevent you from having nightmares? But I went from thinking I was going to have to tackle and fight to the death to 
watching a grown man sadly eat a banana in the dark. <laughs> I feel like it's like comforting maybe. Like maybe they're supposed to offer a snack if someone's like having a nightmare, which right. sounds like a really weird thing to have in your rule book, but yes. it's kind of sweet. Flight attendants, yeah. let maybe us know. Maybe it just grounds them in like not sl- in in like no longer being in the yeah, nightmare. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you're in the real world. You eat things. You're eating a banana and you're on a plane. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that in your dreams. Nobody eats bananas in their dreams. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, That's man. very exciting. Kurt, you yeah, want right. to tease us? You want to tease us into some advertisements? You, you tease. You tease. We just did mine, pal. Oh, that's right. We switched it up today. I have one. And this and was... We'll uh, some ads. This one again. Uh, this was sent in by Am Gulick or A.M. Gulick. Thank you so much. John Waters has pledged to donate his art collection to the Baltimore Museum of Art once he dies, as long as it names its bathrooms after him. <laughs> I love uh, John Waters so much. All right, That's great. great. Coming bananas. Right back with more bananas. If you're skeptical, then maybe check the facts, but you better believe it because it ain't fake news. If you're skeptical, then maybe check the facts, nothing's stranger than the truth. Driving me bananas, baby, bananas, bananas. We are back to Woo. bananas, guys. A real quick reminder is that you know Scotty and I do minisodes every yes, do. Uh, one every two weeks. They're mm-hmm. on Stitcher Premium, and if mm-hmm. you want to get a free month of Stitcher Premium, you can use our code bananas. So just go to Stitcher.com and use the code name bananas for one free month of Stitcher Premium. You get all of our minisodes and. All of the ads and every everything else ad free and everything Stitcher offers, of course, ad free. Um, that's all my. That's that's it. That's all you got to say. Yeah, well, we are here with the absolutely wonderful Lauren Lapkus. Hi, Lauren. How did it feel to have the number one Netflix movie in the world, The Wrong Missy? That's so huge. It felt so bad. Good. <laughs> <laughs> number one Netflix. They do that ranking now, right? Because for a while, yeah. Netflix wasn't letting anybody know. Yeah, it was very exciting, and they like released like a whole thing about it internationally as well. Yeah. It, was, it was just very exciting. I, um, you know, it was a, it was kind of a lot to process while yes. stuck at home. Yes, um, but very thrilling, and you know, a highlight of the year, I would say. Yeah. And did you get to shoot that in Hawaii? Yes, we did. The best. It was so fun. Nice. The best. Yeah. Um, it was great, and David Spade is hilarious, and he's so fun. So it was really just a great time, and it was my first time kind of being the lead of a big movie, yeah. so there was a lot of exciting stuff connected to that. It was great. Well, you were excellent. You were so funny. When I was watching it, I I honestly, they there are very few comedies these days in general, and then sometimes when you see them, I like my comedies to be funny. I like yeah. to laugh a lot at comedies. I don't, mm-hmm. and I felt like you committed to that character so wonderfully, and I laughed out loud the whole thing, and Thank I was like, you. oh, shit, A Star That's is Born so nice. too." Absolutely. Thank you. Sincerely. I appreciate it. I feel the same way about um, comedies. Like, I just love when things are dumb and over the top and fun and just a good time. Yeah, have a, an escape. So, it's supposed to be yeah. fun. It's supposed to be... Yeah, it's supposed to be situations that you go, oh, shit, 
and instead of just being like, are you thinking enough? How does your heart feel when you're watching this? <laughs> are, 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 is your heart hurting during this scene? I'm like, I just want to <laughs> laugh, baby. Yeah, I mean, like, I truly, I was so excited watching myself fall off a cliff. Like, that's right up my alley. So it was very exciting to get to do that. That is, it is, it is, that scene is so insane and so uh, reminiscent of like, a, there's a Simpsons scene just like that where... Um, uh, Homer falls off the cliff and is like, ow, ow, and like lives the whole way down. <laughs> it's the best. So funny. It's the best. Love that. Well, uh, let's... Hot Rod has one too, or is it Hot Rod? There's one with Andy Samberg where he's yeah. falling forever. I remember yes. just like laughing. So I just love that. It's like, yeah, keep falling. <laughs> yes. It's so uh, good. And you're uh, fine at the end. That's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Back to the movie. Uh, um, okay. Well, speaking about films, look at that segue. John Waters pledged to donate all his art collection. <clears throat> to the Baltimore Museum, and here we go. Brian Boucher wrote this for Artnet.com. Thank you, Brian. Brian Best Beebe. in the biz. Oh, so good at writing. I love how this guy types. Um, Who wants to be famous? Screams Divine in John Waters's 1974 comedy Female Trouble. Who wants to die for art? Even Waters himself won't uh, exactly die for art, but when he does die, he's going to donate his entire collection to his hometown institution, Baltimore Museum of Art. The beloved cult filmmaker and visual artist will give 372 works by 125 artists, um, a majority of his holdings. Yeah, he's basically giving it all over. Uh, This includes uh, Thomas DeMann, Diane Arbus, Nan Golden, Gosh, Cy Wombly, Andy Warhols. It's crazy. His wow. collection. Um, and I've actually been to his house. He throws these amazing Christmas parties. And really? I, yeah, I'll, I'll, it's so our He's good friend. so cool. Carl, he throws, fa- he loves Christmas. He famously throws these amazing Christmas parties where it's like the art world, the trash world, politics, like Martin O'Malley, who ran for president. He was mayor and then I think governor in Maryland. He was there in a bomber jacket. And then it's like, weirdos and art house people it's amazing um every single person who's ever been in john waters's house he takes a polaroid photo of them um so every single person if you're the plumber if you're doing tree work if you're leonardo dicaprio if you're tracy lords every single person oh my god how cool i love this so i walked in with our good friend carl bennett um who was invited because carl and john are old friends and as soon as we walk in john waters is standing there and he's a true hero and i'm from maryland lauren so it's like i was like oh shit uh and he goes carl and he's like this is my friend scotty he's like great scotty stand next to carl takes a polaroid of you and then welcomes you to his house and introduces the best oh so you're alone in the polaroid it's not him with you no it's he it's you and so it's carl and i so he has (laughs) stacks i mean like when when film started going away when digital cameras took over he bought ten ten thousand dollars worth of polaroid film so that he would have it all um and he has photo albums. He has displays. One day, all that stuff's going to be in the Smith. So it's incredible. And you can just yeah. flip through them. Just look through them. Um, but his house was decorated with equal parts weird shit, like tons of fake food everywhere. Melt- melting ice cream cones. <gasps> I love that. Oh <laughs> everywhere. <my God. laughs> tons of books. And then like a Liechtenstein or a Warhol. Like all these things where you're like, this guy's the best. He has the shittiest stuff, the silliest stuff, and then priceless art. Um, so he's donating it. 
Um, and then the only stipulation is that none of the works can be sold, which is great. And the other stipulation is that the museum names the rotunda after him and two of the bathrooms. They thought <laughs> I was kidding. And I said, no, I'm serious. Uh, it's in the spirit of the artwork I collect, which, is, which has a sense of humor and is confrontational and minimalist, which makes people crazy. Um, <laughs> So he, this is the kind of I didn't know this about him, but Waters has a long-standing relationship uh, with the museum, starting when he bought a poster by Joan Moreau when he was twelve. Ugh, that's disgusting," said the other kids of the image. Um, but later, he was proven right when he became John Waters. Um, and the gift is eighty-six works of Waters himself, uh, and the museum, which has always supported him, will have the largest collection of his. Uh, work. It's he's the coolest. So they're naming the in the rotunda. It'll be called the John Waters Rotunda. But then the two restrooms when you walk in are going to be named the John Waters Women's Room and the John Waters Men's Room, <laughs> which is perfect. So awesome! What a legacy! I think that's he was, so cool. I think he was my first introduction to like weirdo, like art make, like filmmaking ever. Like because I, yes. I also used to live in Baltimore as well, Lauren and. There was you could, you could just there was I think it was called Mondo Zumo that was like the <laughs> place where you would get the cool um, video rentals yes and uh, mm. and they just had an entire John Waters section and like watching Pink Flamingos and it's just yeah it's just like did you know in Pink Flamingos where Divine actually eats uh, dog I shit I was just thinking about that. Yeah, they had yeah. to follow that dog around for like three hours waiting for it to shit. It's actual shit? Yes. Oh, yeah, because in the shot, you watch the dog poop it, and then she scoops it up and pops it in her mouth. I want to kill myself. Yep. That's so sick. <laughs> it's um, That's amazing. But I, yeah, I went to the Andy Warhol Museum in Philadelphia yes. earlier this year. Amazing. Yeah. And it was so awesome. And he, the, he there were there was like a whole section of just art that and like artifacts that he's collected from other people. And that collection was just amazing. And I feel like John Waters must be really similar to that. Oh yeah. It's so cool. With- just the craziest people that they knew and all yes. the stuff that was given to them. And yes. It's amazing. It's, Did it's that awesome. Have the room, the one you went to have it, have the room where it was just like the silver uh, clouds that like, just like hung in yes. the mid- middle of the room. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. really cool. Yeah. At the, um, at the Christmas party, they're known for having meatballs, which is hilarious. So on each floor, there are giant displays of meatballs. And uh, you don't realize how much you enjoy a meatball until you've had a few whiskeys or a few vodkas. And then you're like, hey, why don't we do this all the time? And <laughs> his whole house is sort of an art exhibit. In the in the highest floor, probably the third floor, there's a... Yeah, wait, how big is it? I want, like, you're talking about different floors. And so I want to imagine it's a I'm basement and then three stories. And so it's not that it's huge. It's it's kind of a classic-looking colonial North and what Baltimore, part of Baltimore house. It's right near. It's right near you. It's right near Hopkins. So I guess, okay. like, Roland Park or right nearby. Yeah. Um, so great art, great books, like a Chucky dressed as Santa... Uh, great people everywhere. He has this one room that's a, this narrow little room that has a, a, a VHS and like a Magnavox TV and then just one like love seat at the other end, super narrow, and then just stacks and stacks of VHS tapes that you wow. can borrow for exactly 15 days, I think he said. And if you're a day late, you can never borrow from him again. And he has a binder where he writes everything down. So we go up. I'm wandering. Um, Carl's saying hey to old buddies. And I'm just so impressed with everything. And then you go to the very top, top floor, which kind of would feel like an attic. But he, he, one was a girl's room from like the 1950s, meaning like pink walls, pink twin bed. He doesn't have kids. 
uh, like art on the wall, like cross-stitching. And then the other is blue, and it's like a little boy's room from the 1950s. And then in that room, there's a fake um, uh, bomb manufacturing installation. He hired this artist to turn his upstairs closet into a pipe bomb building thing. This is post-9-11. Holy and the, shit. Yeah, the CIA was like tracking him because of this. And there's schematics of famous Baltimore buildings and Camden Yards, the baseball stadium. And then there's like fake pipe bombs and debris and fuses it's insane um and this guy's like hey man how are you and i'm like hi he's like who are you i'm like i'm scotty i came with carl he goes oh you're carl's friend we know carl and it was this couple and uh they were they were like what did you guys do today i'm like oh we drove down from brooklyn and they're like i was like what'd you do he goes oh man we went to the uh the garage of doom I go, what's that? And he goes, oh, there's this garage. Uh, I think it's in like Sparrows Point or somewhere deep in Maryland. And he goes, in 300, uh, 300 and something days a year, it's just you pay a quarter and you walk through this garage and there's like a skeleton that shakes and a Dracula and a ghost. And then you just leave. And he goes, but, <laughs> but before Christmas, it's 50 cents. And it's the same exact thing. They just put Santa hats on everything. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, he's like, we went through twice. (laughs) Probably takes 20 (laughs) seconds. Oh, so so the garage of doom becomes a garage of Christmas doom, I guess. That sounds so Baltimore. God, I loved it. I love it, too. So wait, did you just go right from Chicago to Los Angeles, Lauren? Um, No, I lived in New York for like... A year and three months after mm-hmm. college, and then I moved to LA. And you were like, "I'm out of here." Did you not like it? No, I had planned. I had planned to move to LA right after college, and then I was doing sketch with um, my sketch partner at the time, and she at the last second was like, "I want to move to New York because our family was there." Mm-hmm. And so we just, I was like, "Well, I've never, I've always wanted to live there, but I wasn't planning to, so I'll go for a year." I kind of just like put it as a, like, "Why not?" kind of right. thing. Right. So I just went and had planned to leave and. Um, it all just worked out that way. I ended up staying a few more months than I had planned to, but yeah, I moved to LA like 11 years ago now. Okay. And I think that must've been, I think that's the first time we met was probably on a, on a Jack. Was it a Jack in the box commercial or it was, wow. I'm trying to remember too, because it was, Oh, it was star Carl's junior. I think like hosting something. And then people came in and did bits for it or something. And I did a bit on it, but I can't. I think I got paid a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Were you on bunk? And it was a legitimate commercial, and we all got yeah, yeah. It was. It was for. It was. I think it was Carl's Jr. And I was like hosting a late night telethon. That was like the bit of it. And then they just had like literally. I was there for. I was shooting for like sixteen hours. And I was improvising the entire time, and they brought maybe a hundred different acts on. I don't even know how I ended up getting wow. in it because it was. I had just moved, and I must have seen it as like a thing online, like you could right. submit. I truly have no idea because I didn't have like this. This wasn't like an agency thing. Yeah, it no, was like no. get a hundred dollars, and I think maybe I also got something free, like food, like something. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, like something. Like I want to. I want to say it wasn't this, but I want to say like a stereo, but it wasn't. But like something weird. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like and i was i was thrilled but yeah it was a really weird shoot it sounds like a hard job for you though i just came in and did something stupid and left but oh yeah i just had to just be talking with all like these you know like some people were like comedians like yourself and then other times there was just weirdos like there was this oh, one boy. guy who was a magic he was a psychic but he had a cat that would only sit on his like 
like his shoulder. So he always had a cat on his shoulder, and then he would like tell people's fortunes. There was another thing where there mm-hmm. was two guys on motorcycles that came in, and then they would do like tricks where they would like stop on their f- the front wheel of the motorcycle <laughs> and then like hop around. Great television. Uh, and I had to just like stand in the middle of it, like improvising about shakes and hamburgers for the whole time. That is so <laughs> weird. Oh, I truly, I have no clue how I ended up there. Because <laughs> I feel like the other people you're describing, it makes more sense. Maybe it came through UCB or something. It probably came through UCB. Yeah, yeah. that would make sense. Because I, um, I truly don't know how I would end up in that situation. <laughs> it was a very strange, strange job. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want another one here? Oh, yeah. I love another one. I sent an attractive lookalike to my high school reunion. Now, this is oh. a personal story. Yeah, this is in. <laughs> this is just me. This is my story, guys. Kurt. Uh, I so this is in Vice. This is by Uba Butler. Uba Scotty, Uba. you might remember from the show. He mm-hmm. is the man who got his shed to be ranked the the top restaurant oh. in London. Um, so this guy is a prankster. He's Absolutely. very funny. Um, his name is Uba, which is a great name. So basically, here's what it was. He has this website, uba.com. You can go mm-hmm. to it, and you can hire lookalikes. And mm-hmm. he will provide lookalikes for you if you have a good reason. So, mm-hmm. And he lives in the UK. And so this guy in the United States uh, had his high school reunion. He used to be a musician. It's actually like a kind of a fun story. Yeah, it's great. To, he, he went to high school. He had a bad time in high school. He was in the band. And a very particularly uh, upsetting uh, thing happened to him. At one point, he was in band. And he thought it would be really cool. He had a big sax solo. He was coming out to do his sax solo. And then he turned around and he showed everybody the back of his shirt. And his back of his shirt said, Chicks dig me. Oh, wow. Uh, Big mistake. And he thought that that would be like, get a laugh and everything. (laughs) But he also happened to have like a giant wedgie at the time. Oh, boy. If you go on the article, and I'll post the photograph uh, on the Instagram, his wedgie is, (laughs) is just this adorable like dorky 15 year old kid with no. all, like his shirt and his pants are jammed up his asshole. Oh my God. Uh, so he's felt like embarrassed about this for his whole life. He does. And then he had to give up his dream of being a musician to move back to take over his father's dentistry. So oh. now he's back in the same town as he went to high school in. He's embarrassed about the fact that he never made it as a musician. Okay. So this guy hires an actor. Yes. Uh, uh, by the name of like this actor is very good looking uh his name this is a great is, idea i love this this is so it's a, gr- it's a great idea like don't like, go to your reunion no matter TV what show. yeah like who cares who wants to go to their high school reunion it's just like and also this is columbia maryland oh, by boy. the way another oh, maryland story oh boy so the i wasn't first- even invited to my high school reunion i like heard, i saw about <laughs> something about it like later and i was like how did they get invited no one told me <laughs> yeah i've never been invited to my high school reunion i've never Good. been invited to my college reunion specifically <laughs> because i don't want those institutions having yeah. my personal information to ask me for money that's right that's yeah. exactly right yeah um so so they so he wanted to appear like he's a musician who uh, is like very successful so they took photographs of this guy aaron okay. uh, looking like him they he, and then the, and he put up posters around town that, <laughs> of him of his like music. Uh, uh-huh. So his band is called The Right Guy Vitality Tour, and it's Love a it. photograph of very good looking Aaron. 
Great. Uh, and they put him up all around town. And then this guy shows up at the high school reunion. And there's like a video and everything. And it's really pretty amazing. But basically, he starts wow. fooling some people. And then a woman who was his crush from high school comes up to him and says, you're not Steven. <gasps> and then they start like they put pulling up photographs of Steven and holding it next to his head. Wow. And meanwhile, Steven is in a van with Uba listening in to everything oh, that's happening. Wow. And they're like, idea. freaking out. Um, so then the whole plan was that the fake Steven, which is Aaron, who actually can play the guitar pretty well, would get up on stage and say, I want everybody's attention. And then start playing the guitar, and then oh, take boy. his shirt off, and then a, on a, a henna tattoo on the back of his back says, "Chicks dig me." Nice, uh, full circle. Which is all such a great idea, but no one liked it. Like it was, <gasps> people were doing <laughs> it because they knew it wasn't Stephen. They knew somebody was doing a bit. Wow! Oh my gosh! So then, the, at the end, Stephen runs in to apologize to everyone, and then everyone is so happy to see him. And they're like hugging him and telling him how much he meant to them and everything. It's oh. a really beautiful story. That's really nice, but I'm surprised. Do you feel like they had to have that like that imposter there to then realize how much they appreciated Steven? Yeah. Because I, I feel like if Steven so. really showed up, they'd be like, oh, there's that asshole who had that wedgie. <laughs> there's that dude that chicks dig. So that saxophone player that chicks can't just get enough of. God. <laughs> Yeah. I have never had any desire to ever go to a reunion of any type, shape, or form. It makes me feel weird. I my high school was really big too, so I, mm-hmm. I kind of am like, what if I went and like it's all people I don't really know, and then there's nobody that I'm even trying, like, curious about. Um, but now we have Instagram. But I do feel that's like right. The people who I who I'm I am slightly curious about. It's always like the random person who pops in your head, and you're like, oh, where are they now? Mm-hmm. They have a private Instagram. And I'm not going to request yes. that. No, never. So there's kind of just no answers. And that's frustrating. That is And I also think people with private Instagrams tend to have boring stuff behind the, the wall. It's not like it's that good once you get in there. It's just kind <laughs> right. of like maybe yeah. there's a picture of their kid or something. And then it's yeah. like, uh, I went through all this trouble of letting you know I wanted to follow you. And you had to approve it. And now I got back there. And it's like, just some bullshit. That would be the best. That's actually the best of doing it, getting in looking for five minutes and then unfollowing. <laughs> <laughs> like, got what I needed. I see Thank where you, you live. I see what you're up to. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, also, like, we don't need a five-year and a 10-year and a 15 Like, all the short runs, there should be reunions. There should be a 50-year and a 100-year reunion. And if anybody shows up to the 100-year, you win. You won that grade. But you're like, 118. <laughs> yes, and we are all of the age where Facebook existed pretty soon after college or during college. And uh, you were able to see who got married and who had kids and who moved yeah. and who got what. So, like, the catch-up, I can see why it was cool 40 years ago to be like, oh, my God, what has happened to you in the 10 years? And you're like, I moved to Milwaukee. You're like, how about mm-hmm. that? But also there was a thing in sitcoms in the 80s and 90s. There was always a reunion episode where they were trying to lose mm-hmm. weight or they were trying to get a cool – that was, like, such a thing, and that does not exist in sitcoms anymore. And those episodes were always so funny because it would always end in, like, a fist fight or, like, a former flame would, like, a love triangle would happen and now people are like no we just we just know what's going on kathy's doing this you every second since like <laughs> if you're on facebook because i deleted facebook and me that's, too that's been great but me too when i was in college and had facebook and then throughout and after right. 
It's like you just don't lose touch. And I kind of would get right. frustrated. Like, why do I remember the name of someone I went to kindergarten with? I'm supposed to forget this. Like, yes. this isn't good. Yeah. I shouldn't be watching their life. Yes. Also, do you guys feel that, like, was high school for either of you, like, either really great or really bad? Like, because uh, when I was reading this whole thing, the first paragraph is all about how, like, high school is, is fraught and, like, you, you have all these either good memories or bad memories about high school. And I was like, I have neither. I don't ever – I didn't have a great time in high school and I did right. not have a bad time. I don't even think about high school ever. I have no cares about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty similarly. I don't really care about it. I'll, like, think about it from time to time. And I feel like I've had to talk about it a lot because my, like, origin story of, like, doing improv oh, right. comes from, like, uh, high right. school. And so it's like, okay, I have to kind of relive certain elements of that or, like, I wouldn't get into plays or whatever. Right. But I don't actually care. And I don't – it doesn't affect me. And I don't really – I don't – I don't – it's the same thing. Like, I don't like when people are, like, obsessed with where they went to college. Of course. I find it annoying. Like – Especially if people went to Harvard, and no offense if either of you did, but like, it's, hell no, like, are you crazy? They, you probably would have let me know by now. If <laughs> we already would have so, said, like, when I lived in Boston, <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I just think it's so annoying to be like so obsessed with college, like, yes, your time in college. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, and being smart in college isn't the end of the world. Like, you're not amazing. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's fake. Agreed. One hundred percent. Glory days are the worst. It's the worst. Glory day stuff is the worst. I yes. I liked. I liked high school. I had a very good time in high school, but it's because I I can I was like I'm just going to be Ferris Bueller. I'm going to befriend anybody that's friendly. I'm going to befriend the teachers. I'm going to join any club that has a hall pass and I'm just going to do I'm just going to wander around the school for 4 years. I didn't take it seriously. Um and I thought I I had a really good time, but the whole time I was like, this isn't permanent. When people would like in our yearbooks, you could buy like quarter pages or half pages and you could like write to your girlfriend or your boyfriend <laughs> and be like, you and me and some song lyrics and a picture of you and be like, can't rate to reach the stars with you or whatever people used to write. Uh, and I used to be like, you guys are insane if you think you're going to be with this person. Like, <laughs> I, I And same with college. Like, when I graduated college, I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Like, this, that yeah. was fun. I did the – it felt oh, like I couldn't almost wait like to be done. service. Same. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. wait to actually make real things instead of making fake things for someone to judge. Um, when, Lauren, when you were saying that thing behind private Instagrams and then you go and it's boring – uh, Kurt, you might have been a part of this. I, When I lived in Brooklyn, it was like a freezing cold night, and I was broke, and I had two friends that were like, we're at this club. Or no, we're at this bar. You should come. It's really fun. And so it was somewhere off 14th Street, and so I get on the F train, and I ride 35 minutes, and then I walk you know, a couple blocks over. I'm freezing, and I get there, and it's like early. It's like 8 p.m., and the bouncer's like, you can't come in. And I'm like, why? I'm like, my friends are in there at a back table. Uh, and he's like, you can't come in. It's Jodie Foster's 43rd birthday. <laughs> 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 and I was like, but my friend's are already in there. And this is kind of before texting was a real thing. So I like texted my friends. I'm like, they won't let me in. Is Jodie Foster's birthday? And they're like, Jodie Foster is here. <laughs> She's here. <laughs> but she was there with like 15 people in a bar that probably could fit 200. And I was like, Okay, well, and so I just sadly walked back to the F train and oh, rode no. him back. Aww. <laughs> oh, Jody. 
And I watched Contact Alone. Um, yeah. Here we go. Here we Give go, guys. One. This was sent in by Emma Gerard. Thank you, Emma Gerard. Mm-hmm. And it was written by the great and powerful Louis Rosella of the Burlington Post. This is getting ridiculous. Cheese wheel thieves strike a third time at Burlington Grocery Store. <laughs> All right. Was that a quote? This is getting ridiculous? Yeah. The, right. yeah here's it felt like it should be a pun that they missed out. I don't know what it is, but it just yeah. kind of missed an opportunity. This is getting wheelie ridiculous. Yeah. Cheese wheel stolen. God, perfect. This is getting wheelie ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, for the th- uh, police stepping up efforts to find the duo for the third time in a month, two women <laughs> <laughs> have stolen a huge amount of cheese from a Burlington grocery store. <laughs> you know, women love cheese. A um, huge. They really do. Oh, I love this. <laughs> the most recent theft occurred at the Burlington Fortinos at uh, 5111 New Street on April 12th when women allegedly stole cheese wheels with the total value of $580.80. A week. <laughs> Whoa. That's a, a cheese wheel worth $250 each, and they both got one? I mean, yeah. that's like supermarket sweep level. Yes. Just run, grab Just... the cheese wheel. That's going to be two fifty dollars <laughs> <laughs> right oh, away. God. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, cheese. Yeah, it was grind coffee, grab those hams, grab those salmons. But the cheese, (laughs) the cheese was expensive. Um, A week earlier, Halton Regional Police believe the same woman struck the same store and stole six wheels of cheese valued at over $800. Um, The same day. This is so great. So they stole them, apparently cashed them, sold them somewhere because they're like, now we know. Yes. Eating that much cheese. There's a oh. cheese fence in this town. Yeah. There's a cheese <laughs> fence in Burlington, Vermont. Ah. Uh, police say the women returned to the same Burlington Longos on the next day at seven, but this time employees recognized them and followed them around the store. They I mean, left. Going back the next day is pretty rookie. They're getting yes, cavalier. Like... They can still <laughs> smell the, the cheese on you at that point. <laughs> um, but that same day, the two women entered a different Longos and stole a wheel of cheese valued at $180 and walked out with it. <laughs> no way they, so they did do it. So they got followed. They were like, abort, abort. And they just yeah. went to another Logos and still stole another wheel of cheese. You got it. Um, oh, I love it. And then Melinda Oliniak says, this is getting ridiculous. She's a regular shopper at Fortino's and she said she was in the store when the thirst uh, first theft occurred. <laughs> Police just have to catch these two. Police are working on the notion the pair could have for stealing the cheese. It possibly might be a mother-daughter duo, but officers have yet to confirm it. <clears throat> Quote, they just basically drove from one store to the other store, but we got photos of them at the second store. And they do. We'll post on the Instagram. They have very clear photos. If they haven't been taken down since April, I bet they got these cheese grabbers. Um, Tell me that they are holding cheese wheels in the photo. In the photo, it's the one where they were getting followed around and they left. I wish oh, okay. it was. I wish it was like under their shirts, just like giant. I cheese just imagine them holding it high above their head to like yeah, keep it's a it really from the hard thing to sneak out with. <laughs> yeah, nothing to see here. Just baby stroller full of cheese. Um, <laughs> asked what he thought the thieves might do with all that cheese. Uh, they have it as constable. 
I, I, okay. okay. Naresh Dabas uh, of the police department said, obviously, they're not going to be eating all of that themselves. He figured it was likely sold to restaurants through the back door. Oh, wow. that's smart. I had another idea. If they have an entire cheese car, they might need cheese wheels for their cheese car. <laughs> there you go. And a cheese drive, a steering wheel. So that's yeah. five right there. You're going to need a bunch. <laughs> You're going to need a bunch. One for the spare on spare, the back. Spare, yeah. There you go. Oh, gosh. That's six. When we were saying women love cheese, <laughs> and we were joking, I, it made me think about this. I follow this like lifestyle blog, I guess you would say. Ooh, yeah. And it's I've been following it for like maybe... 12 years and i just now i check in a little more randomly because it's gotten really repetitive and like corporate because the woman kind of ended up getting a lot of sponsors and she has all these employees it turned from being this kind of cute like woman who lives in new york writing about her life to like now she's just doing sponsored posts all the time uh barf she often will do like these like weekly sort of like friday fun link things and Mm -hmm. i swear to god it's like every week she's like I'm obsessed with this stinky cheese. It's like she talks about stinky cheese <laughs> as if like that's like A, something everyone really wants to read about. B, something that you need to bring up more than once. Like right. she does it. She brings it up so much that I'm like, she has nothing going on. She's yes. like, and I love to have a big hunk of stinky cheese on a Friday night. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, cheese that. isn't a personality, unfortunately. <laughs> but I remember that too. I I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but if you're friends with a picky eater and then they find something that they like that's slightly different and then they just <laughs> order it and talk about it all the time. Kurt, did we talk about this before on the pod? Mm-mm, but it's no. like like you'll have friends that just eat mac and cheese every single day or whatever, and then they discover that they like calamari. Or they like, and then it's just like, should we should get calamari or guacamole? And they're like, oh, I love, gu-. and you're like, this doesn't make you that interesting that you like a thing that that is literally also on the kids menu. But picky eaters do that. So I think this woman hates all food, and then she likes yes. uh, Humboldt Fog stinky cheese. Yeah, and so she this- thinks it's like super interesting. Like I'm a, I'm a just a, I'm a, I'm a gal in the city, and I like a stinky cheese in a dark red. Yes. And or there are people that don't like weekend. drinking, like I bartended, and like uh, there are people that come in that clearly hated the taste of all alcohol, and I noticed they would always order annoying things to make. Like yes. the, the non-annoying would be a dark and stormy, which is fine. If you order a dark and stormy, I don't think, it's rum and ginger ale, ginger beer, it's very good. But they would always drink like uh, that like half Guinness, half cider. They would always be like, oh, let me, and you're like... I have you know to hold what, like, a spoon over this pint glass, you asshole. Like, just order a beer. <laughs> order one or the other. My brother's go-to thing, because he does not like the taste of alcohol, was always... <laughs> when we were like... He was 21, and I was like yes. 23, living in New York City, and we would go out to have some drinks, and he would order just a Malibu and pineapple juice. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> it was his favorite drink. He would, he would get like... A couple Malibu and pineapples. Oh, God. Uh, You can feel the headache coming in real time. A mile away. All right. We got one last story to send us home. Quick one. Thanks again, Lauren. It's been a pleasure having you on. This one, since we only have uh, three minutes here, I'm doing this one. I've been holding on to it for a while. Uh, I cannot remember who sent this in because it... This is... But this is is from the Darwin Awards podcast, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, this is, of course, from Russia again. Man <laughs> finds a drink in a landfill, brings it home, drinks it. 
Uh, that is <laughs> okay. the title. Okay. This is from Verkhenedivinsky Verkende- District, Russia. Nailed it. Perfect. Uh, October 24th, 2020 uh, mm-hmm. was when this happened. It was on the, their podcast November 3rd. Uh, 2020, a right. man who found a five-liter canister of what he presumed was alcohol brought the drink home to his wife last week in the Verkhenedivinsky district mm-hmm. of Russia. Heard the of drink it. reportedly smelled like alcohol, and the couple thought it would be fine to drink <laughs> the following day. However, they began to feel ill, and their son then called to have him taken to the hospital. After being at the hospital for one day, the couple died. <laughs> What was in there? Oh, no man. Knows. An investigational group has taken the unknown substance for testing in order to see what caused the death of the 60-year-old couple. Relatives <laughs> of the deceased are also being questioned. What is wrong with them? And so I guess they're dead, so I guess I can't really say. Nah, but like, dunk on them. It's just you find a bottle and you have to drink it. Like, you can buy anything. It's like yes. if you can't buy it, then you just wait till you can. I don't know. That's yes. fucking the, insane. The photograph of it is hyper upsetting. It is oh, good. a five-liter gallon container. It's all, like, scuffed up plastic. And then at the bottom is just, what color is it? That's right. It's brown. It's just brown liquid. Like, the li- <laughs> the color that you would... That your brain says this is not a drink for this you. This is death. Oh yeah. man. Well, I was picturing like a cool metal bottle where it kind of felt like mysterious ooh. and like pirate level or something. <laughs> yeah, sounds really gross. Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I love. The they great... just rolled the dice. They they if... probably lived their life that way. You know, they probably had an amazing yeah. life until that because they were taking these kinds of risks all <laughs> the time. Yeah, that was just a regular day for them. That's yeah. like... <laughs> I found this drink in the garbage. <laughs> you want to do it? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm Russian. Let's do this. Let's party. It happens. Uh, Lauren, what would you like to plug? Anything? Anything? Um, I would like to plug, I have a podcast called Freedom with Scott Aukerman and Paul F. Tompkins, mm, where nice. we tell stories and play games. It's very fun. And you can get that wherever you listen to podcasts. And then I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Lauren Lapkus, where I'm doing improv podcasts and watch alongs to movies. And, um, you know, I did a whole series about the Babysitter's Club TV show on Netflix. Heck so yeah. To. It's a very nice. fun time. So check it out. And that's it. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. It was very fun. Yeah. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.